Welcome to Brad Speaks. Presenting the way to think about politics so you will know what to think. Now your host, Brad Job. Audrey Hale. I'm going to call her a her for about five seconds, and then I'm going to change it to an it, because I'm not going to humor these people that try to say, if you're transgender, you're a dude. I'm not going to participate in those delusions. So Audrey, as you well know, she walked into this covenant church in Nashville, Tennessee. Now I'm changing. So it now walks into, blows its way through with a firearm, destroying what we fight for for the Second Amendment rights, giving the left so much ammo, no pun intended, blows her way through there, kills nine, was it nine, nine-year-olds and three adults. I've watched the the video of the, the body cams of the police that went in there. I've watched every one of them. I think there's four different ones. And let me say right now to the families, anything that is on this podcast that Dave and I talk about, we we absolutely are devastated, not like you are. We grieve with you. We grieve for you. And we would do anything to stop this from happening in the future. There is some things that happen after an event like this that are governmental, that happen after the grieving and during the grieving. As long as you live, you will grieve. And I have a close family member of mine who, who's who's lost a child. My mom's lost two children. I cannot empathize with you because I haven't lost a child. Right. I can't get there. And and but I can say that I do have a very close family member and my mom who's close family member who's lost two children and I can I see the hurt in the holidays and I see the hurt during the birthdays. I see the hurt all the time. I see the hurt on the pictures they put on the walls. And, and we grieve with you. There then comes a time to wonder Afterwards, what happened, how it happened. And I would think, minus the grief, that these families would want to know what happened, how it happened, expose it so it won't happen again. So the conversation that Dave and I want to have with you has nothing to do with with the way you feel, with what happened, those things. What we want to talk about is why... We can't get to the bottom. Why the government won't let us get to the bottom of what happened and why they won't let us see this, quote, manifesto. The first time I heard of a manifesto was Ted Kaczynski, right. the Unabomber. And and his brother David read his, manife- his brother's manifesto in the New York Times. The FBI decided to go ahead and post his manifesto in the New York Times. Over the objection of a lot of folks in the government and the FBI, they said, let's do this to see if anybody can understand what he read so we can find this son of a bitch. And so Ted, that Ted said that. He said, I'll stop bombing folks and I'll stop sending these bomb packages to people if the New York Times will post my manifesto and it'll be done. The FBI said, okay, after a lot of thinking. David Kaczynski read his brother's words he said he went to his wife he said hey this is this is ted his brother ted this is ted's writing i know who this is and he 
he spoke about that with his family, decided to go to the FBI and said, I know that who this is. We've got to stop him from killing people. And they found Ted in a in a uh, little shanty, a cabin in Montana, I think it was. And his typewriter was there. Everything was there. They proved it was bomb making materials. And that's how they found out who this was. I don't for a second, second guess a family member who has lost one of their nine-year-olds or one of their adult family members. There was three adults that were that were slaughtered in this thing. I don't pretend to think for them or second-guess their, their objections to releasing the manifesto of it that went in to this school, the preschool. My, I have my, my, my second youngest is two and a half years old. She goes to preschool twice a week. And if someone walked into that preschool and did what it did in Nashville, I, I, I cannot tell you what I would think. I, I cannot even pretend to think where my brain would be. I don't I don't judge any of the parents or, or husbands or wives of the older three on whatever they want to say. And I think they should be taken out of the conversation, to be honest with you. Now, I'm, I'm going to start being blunt. Those folks should not be a part of this conversation. Those folks should grieve. They should have a place to say, hey, I do think this and don't think this. But then the law in States of America, the Constitution, the Freedom of Information Act, which was passed in 1963, should apply. I think the rest of us ought to be able to know why the hell it did this. And I, because I'm not going to, uh, to to give it respect by saying he or she or they or them, I'm going to I am going to say it because it did it. It is almost like it, the movie. It walked in, blasted its way through there. And I have watched, I have watched all, I think it's four, four the body cams and watched it die. They very professional police officers. I mean, I've watched the whole, I've watched everything. You've got one police officer pulling up with in an active shooter situation, pops his trunk, gets his AR. It looks like an AR to me. It is. I think I'm pretty sure. sure it is. One of the ladies that were inside who worked there we had run outside, and she said, "It's in there and it's shooting." And he said, "Oh, he really didn't say much." And the police officer walked in to to find it and kill it. And then you've got four different body cams, and then you finally see. I mean, the alarms, the fire alarms are going off. This is savagery, unlike anything I've ever seen on video. You don't see children die. You don't see the three adults die. But it's but you hear it. You hear it. I have never in my entire life watched a video. I mean, I've watched ISIS drown people. I've watched ISIS burn people. I've watched ISIS blow people's head, tie munitions to people's heads and ignite them at once and kill 15 people on a beach at the same time. Beheadings. I watched Daniel Pearl die. I watched his I get have his head cut off. But when you are watching body cam of the Nashville Metropolitan Police Department walk into a dead gum preschool and and you hear the shots. You're hearing them. Pow, pow, pow. You're hearing it. And you know children are dying because it's a preschool. Like where my kid goes to school every other or Tuesday and Thursday. And you're you're watching 
the body cam of these cops and you're hearing the shots and the cops are going, go, go, go. And they're going up the stairs on one body cam and the other body cam goes up and then they turn and they to the right and the lead guy sees it reloading and says, he exclaims, reloading! <laughs> and exterminates, neutralizes it. When that happens, in the United States of America, I just happen to believe, well, just under the law, and there's lawsuits that are they're depending, especially under FOIA, the, the, the Federal Information Act. How the hell does the United States government inhibit a FOIA request for people? The National Police Association is asking for this. They are part of this of this lawsuit. How the hell does the United States government, under the Biden administration, the Department of Justice, this is a, they've made this federal because it was a FOIA request under the FBI. The FBI said no. So then they 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 went to the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice says no. We're not going to release it because there's only nine ways you cannot release something under FOIA. And the one they're using is because it's a it's an undergoing police investigation or it could inhibit a police investigation. When you go to the Nashville Metropolitan Police Department and ask them, what else do you need to know? And they say, well, almost quote, to be honest with you, there is nothing else we need to know. We know who did it and it's neutralized. Why then would the Department of Justice continue to fight the release of this quote manifesto that it, this this thing, wrote, left in its car, left in its apartment, left in its mama's bedroom, and said, this is exactly why I did it. Here we go. So why are we talking about this? Well, it was Louder with Crowder. David, have you, are you, you're familiar with Louder with Crowder? Yes. Okay. So Louder with Crowder's got a podcast. Really cool dude. He somehow got, and, and look for this, mark my words, look for him, look, look for somebody to come down on him. He got a hold of three images of this manifesto. As far as we're all concerned, they said they were notebooks. They're notebooks. He got three images that were leaked leaked to him and put out where this this thing said that uh, it, it was it was it was after. Crackers. These little these little kids are going to die. Uh, said we can't. I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm ready. And it said, I hope my victims aren't. It said, I hope my victims aren't. This thing used to go to school, preschool at this place. Used to, was there uh, as a child and came back and murdered nine year old. And in I would not be speaking about this. On this podcast, I will never bring anything, and David certainly won't bring anything to you that we can't verify. I'm saying this is verified for a couple of reasons. When these pages, these three pages were released, the FBI came out and said, we can't verify this information, and but the Nashville Metropolitan Police Department came out with the statement saying there is an active investigation that reaches to the FBI to find out where these pages came from and how they were released to the public. That's all I need to know, basically, to verify if, if unless they're just trying to tr screw all of us. If if there's going to be an investigation of how these these pages came out, but you can't verify them, then why is there an investigation? It kind of reminds me of the uh, Dobbs case at the Supreme Court. 
when that was released by a clerk, or we don't know who it is, but we know when that came out, Justice Alito's opinion, it was going to overturn Roe. When it came out, the first thing the media wanted to do was say, is it right or is it not real? And then all of a sudden it was like, well, there's an investigation. So yeah, we're like, yeah, okay, this is real. There is no difference. It's perfectly analogous. So the Supreme Court, somebody leaked the Dobbs decision that overturned Roe. The first thing was, is this real? And then we find out there's an investigation. So we knew it was real. Then on this, in this case, there's three pages that are leaked of its, in quote, its manifesto. And folks are saying, we don't know that if this is real or not. Then we find out through another statement that there is an investigation going up to the FBI to find out how these three pages were leaked. So we know it's true. In in the uh, the three pages, it says, can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't. I hope I have a high death count. Kill those kids. Three exclamation points. Going to fancy private schools with those fancy khakis, sports backpacks with their daddy's Mustangs and convertibles. Want to kill all you little crackers. Bunch of little faggots with your white privileges. There were several times... I could have been caught, especially back in the summer. It might be 10 minutes tops. It might be three to seven. It's going to go quick. There's a reason why these FOIA requests have not been granted. I have my ideas because it doesn't fit the media narrative. It doesn't fit the liberal progressive take the country in a different direction narrative. Do you want to play a game? Let's play a game. We can do it right now. White guy walks into a black church. And I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to say this. I will slit that boy's throat. If I could get to him, I would slit. I'd I'd take my, I'd I'd warm my knife up. I'd take the dullest knife I've got. And I got a bunch. And I'd slit that boy's throat in front of everyone to keep it from happening again. But we can't do that because, you know, we're supposedly a civilized society. White boy walks into a black church and starts shooting up a bunch of black people. Worshiping Jesus Christ. Everything that boy put out, everything he had at his house, everything he had went out to the media within weeks. And I'm glad it did. It should have. And I'll say it one more time at the risk of being redundant. I would take that boy, grab him by the back of the hair and slit his throat slowly on each side. Once he went through what constitutional protections he has, but once he's found convicted, if they let me do it, I'd do it. I'd be the, I would be the executioner. I would be the one to carry out the penalty under the Constitution of the United States of America. I wouldn't do it outside of that. So now that happens, but now you have it that walks in. A transgender is a girl, not a bad looking girl either. Actually, if you look at the pictures of her, David, I'm just saying, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. I, I think she, could have had a chance, but uh, she went to it, and you can't just go to it and start mowing down nine-year-olds. And so now it goes in there, and it does this, and it's got three notebooks full of crap, saying this is why I did it, this is how I did it, this is the way I got to I'm trying to get away with it, or I'm not going to try to get away with it. And for some damn reason, the FBI and the DOJ, you're not going to release these these books? Why? Why? That's the question. I want the people listening to us, David, not to listen to us necessarily. I set this up purposely for this reason, for the people that are listening to this podcast to think for themselves. Why 
why would, in this case, everything gets turned over immediately. And over here, we can't even get a FOIA request for the notebooks. And I refuse, and David and I have talked about this. We talked about this before the show started. We are not going to go into the family issues because there are there are family folks that have just we don't know why and we're not going to ask why they have decided to join with the federal government this went from a, a, a municipality to a state to the FBI to the DOJ and there are family members and I, I will never second guess them I will not I, I do not want to even discuss them but have joined the FBI and the DOJ in asking that these things not be released because there's what they say is they want to, the last thing that was said is they want the kids that are still in school to be able to go to school in peace. And and, and that's, and I will never, ever second guess what they're saying. I want them to be left out of this. But I want to ask everybody listening what you think. Why? In the world, now that we've got these three pages leaked, and they seem genuine, that it did this, and it said little crackers, little faggots. There's a high uh, death count. said, I'm ready, but I hope my victims aren't. I've read it. I've seen the pages. I hope my victims aren't ready. I hope my victims aren't ready. Well, they weren't ready because they were nine. But if you caught me at home, my nine-year-old would be ready. Well, my nine-year-old's not going to carry a gun to preschool or, or whatever. But I guarantee you, my nine-year-old would be ready if you come to my house. So think about all these things. These are only three pages we got from this bitch, this, this consummate whore-ass bitch that walked up in and blew her way through a damn preschool and mowed down nine-year-olds and, 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 and three adults. David, have you ever had a problem with folks say, have you ever thought about that? Including women and children. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care whether women and children, they're people. Everybody's a person. I don't care how small you are to quote Horton's a who from Dr. Seuss. But you've got to ask yourself, why? Why, in this case, are they not going to allow this manifesto to be released, but they would do it with Ted Kaczynski? They'll do it with the white boy who kills a bunch of black folks who I've already said I would slit his throat slowly in public. So I'm not taking up, I'm not, everybody can understand that. David, I'm going to let you, why, why do you think, why are they not releasing this crap? Well, I think you alluded to it earlier in the sense that it didn't fit the narrative that they were spinning when it happened. The it, idea it, it is absolutely, because you can't go against anything that's transgender. They're not going to allow that. They will not allow that to happen. It sounds conspiratorial. Sounds crazy. Sounds crazy to me. It absolutely sounds crazy to me. David, if you would have told me three weeks before this happened that a transgender was going to go up and it was going to kill a bunch of folks, a bunch of children, but that the FBI denied the request, but denied a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request, like a legitimate request for the people. The reason FOIA came about as an act. Is for the United States people to know what the hell's going on around them. If you would have told me, hell, call me a cynic. I try not to be a cynic. I just try to be a realist. Uh, man, I, woo, I try not to use the word cynic or cynical. But I will say that I would have told you 
in order for that to happen, in order for a FOIA request, in order for this thing to kill these children and there be notebooks full of crap explaining exactly why they did it and how they did it, and then you ask for a FOIA request, Nashville wants it, the governor of the state of Tennessee wants it, and then the FBI says no and the DOJ says no. That means President Biden says no. That's, that's a fact. Don't screw with me. President Biden said no, because his boy in the DOJ is not going to turn down a FOIA request for these things, notebooks, without the president. Don't give me that shit. If you're a lawyer that's argued before the Supreme Court, good for you. You're going to say, well, Biden didn't know anything about that. I guarantee you, Biden wants to get a uh, message across the street to the DOJ. He could get a message across the street to the DOJ, and Garland's going to release this damn shit. But why the hell not? Why? No, I'm serious. I don't, why not? There's three notebooks. And it says, we're not going to release it. We're, they're not going to release it. And they're fighting it. To, they're fighting it. You know, there's a lot of distractions internationally and domestically now that are covered for this. You know, if, if everything was smooth in the world and the only thing popular you had to make news was this, it might be a bigger deal. It would be a bigger deal. It'd be on every news station except MSNBC. But the reason that they don't want to release this stuff is because it looks bad on, on this new trajectory of genderism that we have going on in the United States of America and across the world, in the Western world. And it is the Western world. The East still understands that there is a boy and there's a girl. But if it looks bad on it, they're going to hide it. But my major objection over this whole entire thing is the fact that I sincerely believe that it is an agenda. It's an agenda to propagate this, this new garbage, this new gender garbage. That's not law. I, and I'm not a lawyer. I disdain people who would just withhold information from the American people. And when there's a whole bunch of other news going on, the American people just ho-hum. Okay, well, look, you know, they got to do what they've got to do. But if there was nothing else going on internationally, this would be a big deal. Sure. Well, we've been told all of this was coming from writings you know, Huxley's Brave New World talks about, you know, non-binary genders. And so the, the idea of confusion, to confuse the young, is the goal. Having children have to be exposed to discussing their genitals. They're curious enough anyway without it being curriculum or read to them. I know I was curious as a kid. And so my curiosity was satisfied and I grew up and I'm still a male. But we've now had this extravagant blast of bovine feces, if you will, of the destruction, the willing, just out in the open destruction of the uh, the prepubescent mind. It's out in the open. Well, I mean, it I'm just goes say hand this. in hand with Satanism being I'm, out in the open. So. Absolutely. And, and, it's, and it's just way out there. I'm going to say this. The reason they don't want this manifesto to be released is because it will... Take them back maybe two years, and there will be an argument against this. It will be an argument against teaching this. It will be an argument against all this stuff. They say, this is one of my my favorite pet peeves in Paul, the political arena now. The left does a wonderful job, and the Soviets, the Soviets blame, they accuse the other side of doing what they're about to do. And I believe that what the left is doing now with this whole book banning thing by not having Heather has two mommies 
gay sex with children books in the library and the le- and the right comes out conservatives come out and say well, we got to take these books out of the library this is ridiculous and then they say well you're book banning book banning I'll do a cursory search of book banning you're going to find out you're going to find nothing but liberal folks saying that that conservatives want to take books out of libraries that are, that show like two you know, I, I do Nambla books, National Association, the Man Boy, National Man Boy Love Association books out of the libraries. But but what they want to do, they want to take books out of the library. They're the opposite. And then there's, there's plenty of proof of that. D- d- these people are savage. It's, uh, they create this kerfuffle on the right with the right by saying they want to ban books. But the right's just saying we're not trying to ban books. We're just trying to keep our kids innocent while they can be. But the narrative takes hold. The narrative takes hold and they get a, a following and that's their core. And they know they're full of crap. They know that they're working through evil. They know that they're not working through good, but they do it anyway. Well, the worst part of a lot of what you've just said, especially when pertaining to this current occupant in the White House, is the majority of them do not have proper oaths of office on file for the office they particularly are said to hold. So the accountability from an authority is already invalid. And so people that have proper oaths of office on file and support the United States Constitution, I I wish people could find a higher value in that than the value in a check, because the check is issued against fiat currency which is subject to the whims of turning it off. But freedom supersedes that. And my wife and I were talking just the other day, and I thought, you know, a traitor is the worst per- person to have in any in anything because, you know, they're a traitor. It's like having a, you know, if you, if you, uh, if your next girlfriend happens to leave her husband for you, what does that say? She might leave you for somebody else. It's the same thing. And so the traitor notion, but flip it around. What if you had traitors for good? You know, that's what I wish. That way, this notebook, the three pages of this notebook, if it had to be leaked, it could have been leaked two days after it happened instead of two months after it happened or however long ago it happened. And so the idea of, Having to hush it and hide it, spin it to make it fit the narrative, that's the only logical sense-making conclusion that one can come to when they have a rational, logical thinking mind. And when it there is no rational, they, they, there is no rational, logical thinking mind on the left. Well, I told you, I know, and that's these the leftist prick sons of bitches. That, yeah, yeah, I know that is exactly what you're saying. It, just imagine this. Let, let, let's just turn these words around. I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't. I hope I have a high death count. Kill those kids going to poor ass schools in the inner city with their damn school uh, uniforms and their. Sorry ass backpacks with in broken down cars. I'm gonna kill all you little niggers. Bunch of little faggots. But yeah, she did say faggot, which is kinda weird. And your black privileges. You black ass niggers. No, I'm gonna say it. Somebody somebody's gonna speak the truth. Truth is what I'm after. 
if somebody said that shit and went in there and killed a little bunch of black boys and girls, nine years old, I would be there with a hot butter knife and then slit their throats probably before the constitutional process. You couldn't hold me back from those protests. You would not be able to hold me back. I don't think you would get me. I think I'd bust through all the folks, Black Lives Matter signs. I'd be up in the front, and I'd be like, if I'd walk up in a prison, I'd probably die trying to find a son of a bitch that killed a little black children in a damn school. That's what I'm saying, man. What the hell's the difference? There is a difference. There's an ideological difference. There's an ideological paradigm in this country that we've got to recognize that there's a difference. You think a FOIA request would be denied if everything I just said hypothetically happened? Do you think, do you know how many streets and towns would burn across the United States of America if you reverse these words? Oh, yeah. There's nobody, they're both equally as evil. The question I'm asking people to open their minds up and their brains to is, why cannot we see this thing's manifesto and keep it from the public? But if the words were reversed, because words are powerful. A lot of people say, they're just words. Words can't hurt me. Oh, bullcrap. Look at the Bible. Yeah. No, slip of the tongue. Oh, my goodness gracious. You say something crazy to your wife or your girlfriend or your kid. Or they say something crazy to you. You can't take that back. Words mean things. Words hurt. If you take these words that this this thing said and reversed them, except for the faggot part, because it said faggots, bunch of little faggots. I don't know what I think. I generally know. I think everybody that's an adult knows what a what that refers to. Well, I, I don't know why this person would write that, but they did. Other than that word, if you reversed every other word that they said. The country would burn. I might be like, y'all need to chill out. But I, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't not sympathize or empathize with them. But, but the fact that it says white folks and and rich folks and white privileges, David, David, if those words were reversed, what I just said, and I'm not going to repeat. And I think everybody that's listening to us knows where I stand. I'm not going to repeat them. But if those words were reversed. Cities would be burning. But if I might, I might withdraw that just a little bit. I might bring that back in that, that I will say this. There's absolutely, there's no way that if some white dude went in there and did some crazy crap in a black church, that, like that guy, like the, the moron son of a bitch who deserves execution and I'd kill him right now. If they, if they let me walk in there and say, hey, Brad, we're just, here's a knife, kill this son of a bitch, I'd kill him. Guy who killed those folks in a black church. Of course I would, after he's been through his constitutional process, of course. But his notebooks would have been out in about three days. Now you have to ask yourself why. And this is an exercise in political evolution and societal evolution. Why did this thing, this this girl who calls herself a boy, goes up there, shoots a bunch of white kids and says this. I don't, I, you know, here's the thing. And this is what the left does. They're going to cloud this whole thing with white. Black, he, she, it, and all this crap. I don't give a... That's my point, and maybe I should make my point better. I don't give a damn if it's a girl, chick, dude, thinks it's an alien, a dog, uh, you know, a, a Martian, and it kills a white person, a black person, a, a Indian person. They used to call them redskins, but we can't do that anymore. You kill an Indian, that Native American. I don't give a damn who you kill. 
Why the hell can't you let me know what they said in their in their manifesto? That's the thing. That's what I'm trying to drill into. That's what I'm trying to get down and drill into. That is the point I'm making is I don't understand what well, I do. I know. I know. I understand. I want people to. I want other people to understand. I want people to think about it. I don't want people to say, Brad's crazy. Why is he crazy? I'm not. I want you to think about it. I want you to think about if this thing was opposite and the manifesto wasn't released, would you be pissed? Would you wonder why? Would you be inquisitive? Would there be anything in your brain that would say, uh, there's a crescendo of hushness over the American polity on one side of the aisle? And, and the national government, our federal government, is a part of it. If it's part of society, that's one thing. But when the federal government gets involved in the decrescendo, the hushness. Shh, you can't say that. Shh. We can only talk about things that happen on one side. You've got to start asking your questions. You've got to learn your history. You've got to read the you've got to read the Federalist Papers. You've got to go back and you've got to understand that there is uh, history tends to repeat itself. And if you start, if you recognize, you've got to start to recognize before you actually recognize. That there is, there is a faction of the implanted, the politicos in Washington, these folks that are there forever, that are there to hush people and to amplify people. They amplify the ones they want to amplify. They hush the ones they want to hush. And they do it through the premise that it's the law. And they do it with impunity. We've seen it with previous administrations and what's happening now. They act with impunity. Hillary Clinton. Hell, I'm going to go there. 35,000 emails this, this woman erased. And they ask her, did you wipe your server? First of all, the server was illegal. It was in her closet. Literally in New York. In Chappaqua. A server in Chappaqua in a closet in her house in New York. Illegally. 35,000 emails. They ask her, did, a reporter asked her. Quote, Senator Clinton, Secretary Clinton, did you wipe your server? Quote, what do you mean? Like, with a cloth? <laughs> no, she used bleach bit. We know that. Donald Trump's got boxes of uh, documents in his, in his house in Mar-a-Lago. They raid him, pull his crap out, charge him. He's still under indictment. Find out, oh, wait, Joe Biden's got documents in his garage. He said, well, that's next to my Corvette. It's in my garage. Like, oh, well, well, hell, if it's next to your Corvette, I guess it's pretty safe. Nobody charged him with shit. They go, hey, Mike Pence found, hey, I have some documents in my house, too. He didn't get raided. He didn't get photographs of uh, when they went to Mar-a-Lago. They, they lined up, you know, we all know Trump's a narcissist. Yeah, they lined up all these documents right in front of a big rack he had in one of his rooms at Mar-a-Lago. They had all his, all the magazines that he had his face on on the front of to make him look like a jerk. I mean, we already know Trump's jerk. I mean, I love the guy. I do. I hope he's president again. <laughs> Absolutely. But he's a narcissist. you got to almost be a narcissist to run for president. Unless you're Joe Biden, you're just stupid. You've got to ask yourself why. I know why, but why are these notebooks being so fought against being released by the federal government? 
Seriously, why? I would like to ask a nine-year-old or a 10-year-old or an eighth grader. Why do you think the federal government doesn't want these notebooks to be released under a FOIA request? You know what? If somebody said, Brett, I don't know. I I wouldn't blame them because there's no explanation. There's no coherent explanation as to why they will not let these notebooks be released. I'm not a conspiracist. David, that's your job. This ain't a conspiracy. This is fact. Why in the absolute hell is the federal government fighting so hard? I'm talking about spending, you know how much money it takes to fight a FOIA request? Go to FBI, the DOJ. Now that I mean, the whole judicial system going up the ranks. I had the opportunity last week to be in front of the Supreme Court for oral arguments. I hope this makes it. I do. I, because this is, the, this, it's, if, I'm a, you know why? Because if it does not, if they don't release these notebooks under a FOIA request, then the damn federal government and, and our law, our judicial system, I know Dana Carvey said, it was funny, because it is funny. The judicial system, he's talking about the O.J. Simpson case. It's hard to say the judicial system without sounding, it's a hilarious. If, you, if you've never heard it, look up Dana Carvey. Yeah, the judicial system. And he's like, no, he's drunk. Because it's hard to say the judicial system without saying it. But that's a side note. If we can't get these notebooks released through our judicial system without some sort of good reason, and it doesn't make it to the Supreme Court, I'm going to be honest with you, that will be a momentous happening in the United States of America for me to be like, dead gummit, God Man, I thought we were going to make it. I know there were problems, but man, I thought we were going to make it. I really thought we were. But if, if we can't, from the Act of Congress, Freedom of Information Act, it is the Freedom of Information Act. It went through Congress because they thought at some point the Congress and the president decided that there was a need for the American people to be enshrined in law, that they have the right for information, to see the things that are going on in the police departments, in the judicial system, in the Department of Justice. And if that stops here, if that stops, with all due respect to the people that were impacted by this event, on a grand scale, on a a constitutional scale, this is a minor as far as, I'm thinking the legal matter here. I'm not speaking of impact on some people. This, on the judicial scale, I think this is, is a small thing. If we can't get this through a FOIA request, that's an act of Congress that a president signed, man, it hurts my heart. Where are we going? Where in the absolute hell is this country going to go if you've got a Freedom of Information Act? Uh, Congress had to pass it. The House had to pass it. The Senate had to pass it. president had to sign it. And for the fourth branch of the United States government, it's becoming more and more evident. If we can't get three notebooks from some stupid bitch that killed a bunch of kids that the damn police department's got and turned over to the FBI and the DOJ's got it and then a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request, Again, an act passed by the House, passed by the Senate, went to the president, was signed by the president. If we can't get three effing notebooks that this bitch wrote and I can't get access to it, which is it's part of the Freedom of Information Act, and they come up with some bullshit reason, then I don't know where we're going. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But it doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me. It doesn't make me walk outside tomorrow and be like, damn it. 
Freedom, baby! I still walk outside and say that. But it just hurts me. It's just, it's another little knife blow. A little another knife blow. What do they say? Definition of eternity. If you got a steel ball the size of the moon and a dove rubs past it once a year, once it's eroded, that's the definition of eternity. Well, I used to think that was the definition of the United States of America. When I was a kid growing up, I'm rethinking that now. Especially on this this thing. There's way more important. Well, there's not. No, Brad. See, 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 I'm falling for it. No, I'm not going to let the media tell me what the hell's important. I'm telling you what's important because what's important to me is important to you. You need to listen to me and I'll tell you what's important. This is a type of shit right here that's important because if we can't get three notebooks from a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, do not forget what that means. It's an act by Congress passed by, signed by the president. If we can't get these three notebooks from the damn FBI and the DOJ, then where the hell are we in this country? What rules are rules? What laws are laws? Just the FBI gets to make up their laws? Well, we already know that they do. We already know that the FBI gets to make up their laws. We already know that crap. We already know DOJ gets to make up their laws. We already know the president gets to make up his laws. But that doesn't mean we have to take it. That doesn't mean we have to take it. If you think, oh my God, Brad, you're crazy. You, you're you're way too... Well, you know what? There were a lot of people that thought they were crazy in the 60s and 70s and the 80s. And there were a whole hell of a lot of people that thought they were crazy in 1760s. And they said, you know, we're not going to take this shit anymore. They came up with this grand idea called the United States of America. I spent some time with Tommy the other day. I call him Tommy respectfully. Thomas Jefferson. I did. And uh, it was a very special time. Very special. And there was a man. I had a, a special moment about a week ago when I go to Washington. I always like to I say, hang out with Tommy. Tommy's my buddy, Thomas Jefferson. I'm looking at two busts on each side of my uh, computer now. And I've got my Liberty Bill. And I've got Statue of Liberty. I like Washington at night. I love Washington at night. It's, it's thrilling. It really is. If you love the country, if you've got a background, if you've got a history sense, if you have a historical sense of the United States of America, you cannot not love Washington at night. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It ain't fishing. It's not in the Ozark, but it's Washington. And I'm not sure what I like more. I do like fishing. I do like to go to the Ozark. So I'm at, I go by myself at night. Whether I have friends or family with me in Washington, I always make sure I go to to, to see Tommy uh, and say hello. And I always drink a beer with him. And I took a yingling this time. And I put my beer in my backpack and I took my scooter over there. And I'm spinning around in circles and circles. And this guy comes up. And I said, hello. He's dressed really nice. He's got like an over... It's cold. I didn't have an overcoat or anything. He said, hello. He asked me while I was turning in circles. And I said, if you look up, you'll see. And he looked up. He didn't know what I was talking about. Because up is up at the Thomas Jefferson Memorial. It gets kind of high. There's different things to look up to. I said, no, it's right there. Right there. It's written in the circle. Written all around the walls. And he looked at it. And he said, what is it? I said, well, it says, I have sworn upon the altar of God, eternal hostility over every form of tyranny over the mind of man. I said, but you have to turn around. You have to turn around. And I told him, I said, when I was 12 years old, I came in here with the band and I turned around and around and around and around and around so I could memorize it. We got to talking and I said, you know, 
There's nobody here. It's late at night. It's probably 1130. I said, you know, 90% of the people that come in here, they don't know who the hell they're looking at. And I said, he's not God. Tommy's not God. I said, but the Lord used him in a mighty way. And the man started out, he asked me, he said, what was that quote? And I, tur- I told him what the quote was. He got out his phone and asked me to sit down so I wouldn't get in the way. Pulled out his phone, started a video, and went around so he could get that quote, so he could take it somewhere else and memorize it. I have sworn upon the altar of God eternal hostility against every form of tyranny over the mind of man. And he sat down next to me. I had my yingling and I told him that I'd like to drink a beer with Tommy whenever I go to Washington. And we got to talking. And I said, what do you do? He said, well, by trade, I'm a civil engineer, but I'm a state senator from Colorado. And he gave me his card. And I said, well, you know, another thing that people don't understand about Tommy when they come in here and I, it irritates me is they don't know what he's holding in his hand over there. And he got up and he walked over and he looked at it and he goes, what is it? And it kind of humbled me. That's the declaration. Declaration of Independence. True story. The man turns around. He walks off. The man's name is Mark Baisley, Colorado Senator from District 4. The last thing the man said to me as he walked off was, I'll see you in heaven. Caught me off guard. It did. It caught me off guard. I wanted to say, I should have said, because I've been taught to say, if someone says something like that to you, there's one word that's universal. If somebody says anything like that to you, this is hallelujah. Everybody knows what hallelujah means, but it caught me off guard. Dude handed me his card. Senator Mark Baisley, I'll see you in heaven. There's something inherent about the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States that's, that's divine, because it is divine. This country's divine. It's a divine invention, and you can say a divine intervention in the world, as if God stuck his finger through the stratosphere and said, here goes, in, here you go, and brought Tommy and Madison and Benny, crazy as he is, Hamilton, Adams, Washington, together. And said, I'm going to bring these men together, geniuses, geniuses like the world has never seen. I'm going to bring them together and I'm going to give the world a chance at freedom. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's said that when Benjamin Franklin walked out of the Independence Hall in Philadelphia, the lady walked up to him and said, Mr. Franklin, what government did you give us? And he said, a republic, if you can keep it. When we have an FBI, and a Department of Justice that was designed under this invention, this great invention, that can keep three notebooks away from the public that someone wrote that killed and maimed in the most savage ways. Children and adults in a church, even though there's an act, Freedom of Information Act, if they can keep that from the public, if they think they are that powerful, that they can keep this bilge as horrible as it is, they're not my daddy, they ain't my mama, they don't need to protect me. I want to know why this happened. And the Congress and the Senate and the President signed the act that said I can have this, but the DOJ and the FBI right now says you can't have it, even though the National Police Department wants it to happen, they sued for it, the mayor of uh, Nashville. Governor Tennessee, let him have it. And then the federal government, which is why Tommy and everybody got together. I say Tommy all the time. He's, he's my buddy. He's, I love Tommy. That's why they got together and did this crap. So the federal government, to the king, we relinquished his power. He couldn't relinquish it on his own. It took a fight. It took these men, these geniuses, and 3% of farmers to secure the rights and liberties of the United States of America. What they hoped was to be 
forever. If we can't get three notebooks, and here's the point. If you've stayed with me, I appreciate it. If we cannot get three notebooks that some moron wrote and killed a whole bunch of kids to the public, even though there's a federal act that says we can have it because there's like four or five people that decide that we can't because they want they have a, an agenda. They have a social agenda and their social agenda is not promoted by this thing because it's transgender is almost negated. They can stop us from getting information. AI ain't got shit on the FBI and the DOJ. And until something changes or until enough people are informed, we're regressing in freedom. We're not progressing. The regression of freedom is at hand. And it's happened for, in my lifetime, you can argue this. I would say it's almost reached a tipping point. If we allow this regression of freedom, what the hell are we going to leave our children? I don't care about me. I'm cool. I got what I need. But my children don't. My grandchildren don't. My great-great-children don't. It's up to us to keep it, as Benny said. It was a group from Minnesota. It was a Minnesota group. It was a Minnesota Police Action Nashville called Minnesota, and they said, hey, we're having problems in Minnesota. They had the money. That's, see, look, listen. I know what I'm talking about. This is what happened. Nashville cops couldn't do the shit, and then the county couldn't do the shit. So this group from Minnesota said, they're like, all right, we got the money to do this and we're going to go ahead and we're going to finance this shit. And they went to Minnesota and uh, they said, and they're putting their money in this shit. I mean, this shit cost half a million dollars, million dollars, two million dollars. That's what's bullshit. That's what this whole entire thing, man. We're regressing. We are. And I'm looking at Tommy on both sides of my desk. And uh, you know what? That's why I like to go hang out with Tommy. We're regressing. We're not progressing in freedom. We're regressing in freedom. Our free- man, you know what? I don't give a f- society and, and the cost of living and education. I give a shit about freedom. And we're losing it, man. It's going the way of the dodo. It's going to go away. And like Reagan said, if it's gone in America, it's gone all over around the world. There's nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else to go. There's They don't make more land. If you lose freedom in America, it's over. It's complete. This is the last stand. If we lose freedom here, there's nowhere else to to go. That's why people look at me like I'm crazy. How it's lost is that's your bailiwick, David. Your bailiwick is figuring out how it's lost and going into the creeks and, and the crevices and pulling out this shit. How is freedom lost here? How is freedom lost there? Why are they doing this crap over here? Hey, I sniffed this out over here and sniffing out the little small crap. I'm, I'm a more macro freedom guy. We need everybody. We need everybody who cares about freedom. You and I don't, neither one of us care less about freedom. We care about freedom on about the same, yeah, about the, yeah, the same. We both recognize the degradation of freedom and we both recognize it's happening. I'm on a more macro level and you're on a more micro level and we need you and you need me. I'm, I'm on a more, let's get the right guys in the in the Senate to get some Supreme Court nominee. You're more of a, hey, dude out saying this crap over here. You know, if I was in the House of Representatives, that'd be cool. But I'm not. I'm not ever going to be there. I've come to terms with that. At this point, I mean, I'm not getting a younger. Yeah, nobody. We do. I could point the fingers at myself. I have a different view. We're both patriots. But, but we just look at things. Slightly differently, and that's great because we need those folks. We need, man, boy, we need folks like you, and boy, do we need folks like me, man. Oh, Axelrod, David Axelrod, he's a, he's a 
And the, the Biden administration's scared. They are scared shitless. And and uh, yeah, David Axelrod came out yesterday or day before yesterday. Like Carl Rove was the architect for George W. Bush, David Axelrod was the architect for Barack Obama. And Axelrod came out yesterday or the day before yesterday and said straight up, Biden's got to go. It ain't going to happen. This is going to be one of the most interesting 12 months in American history. And I cannot wait if the Lord allows me to live through it. There's no way Joe Biden. I mean, we are one year and a couple days away from the next presidential election. There's no way Joe Biden will be the nominee. How he's not going to be the nominee, I do not know. Well, you know who is. No. Who? You know it's going to be Michelle. Man, you know what? If you would watch the new documentary out about her, the guy explains everything She's doing exactly. You everything. think Newsom's gonna let her get in his way? Oh, she's already got. She's already following the blueprint her husband did before well, he was. There. Well, he didn't do her any services yesterday by saying basically coming out for Hamas. Like my dad used to tell me, if you shut up and let a liberal talk, tell you what they think. So Obama comes out yesterday and said, basically, I don't agree with uh, Israel and I don't agree with Palestine. Obama comes out and says, we're all responsible. So yesterday, Obama comes out with this state at his organization and says uh, he's not in favor of Israel. He's not in favor of Hamas. But he does say we're all complicit. Well, I got news for you, Obama. I'm not complicit. My mama ain't complicit. David, you're not complicit. My kids aren't complicit in anything that goes on over there. We've tried this two-state solution, and it hasn't worked. But for Obama to come out and say that, look. He said this for a reason. People on a national stage, on the macro foreign policy stage, okay, don't come out and say shit unless they mean something and they want to do something and they're, or unless they're trying to elicit some response from it. Obama comes out and says, we're all complicit. There has to be a two-state solution. Well, we've tried two-state solutions. But for to say we're all complicit, we're all complicit, those, I mean, words mean things. And for Barack Hussein Obama, to come out and issue that statement, past president of the United States, two-term president of the United States, for him to come out and say that and issue a macro foreign policy statement like that, it's a keyword. They're keywords. It reverbs. It's reverberations throughout the planet, throughout the Middle East and the Near East and America. For Barack Hussein Obama to come out and say we're all complicit, we got to figure out a, a two-state solution. Oh, yeah. He tried his little milk toast words to say, yeah, Hamas shouldn't have done that. And then say, well, you know, Israel needs to take a break. You know, what I'd like to seen is uh, Obama before he was in the Senate. I would have loved for him to come out and told George W. Bush when when we got attacked, would if he'd have said, hold on, America. Yeah, let's all take a break. Everybody gets a humanitarian five-day break. Like it's some sort of fucking timeout in football. I, I'd have loved to have seen that. Yeah, let's take a break. Hey, come up with any other conflict. You come up, Well, just take a break. Everybody just needs to hold on just a second. Yeah, let's go tell. Here you go. Let's tell the Germans uh, in the United States of America. Let's tell. Uh, yeah, let's, let's do that. It's a Holocaust, and I know <laughs> Hawaii got bombed. But, but let's say if everybody take a break. You think you could tell the United States to take a break? No, we're finna go kick somebody's ass. Pearl Harbor, it just elicited a response. And it's a response 
that's not going to be paused. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Uh, wait withdraw the uh, Manhattan Project. We're not really going to do that. Nope. Now we got to just take a break. So you know, we you know, there's people over there. Yeah. No. Hell no. But anytime something like this happens to Israel, everybody, the whole the whole world goes up and says, "Everybody, take a break." Everybody just hold on a second, because they know Israel's about to kick their ass. Why? You have to ask yourself, why? Why does every time Israel gets in a conflict that's not started by them, that's brought to them by someone else, whether it be from the north or the south or the east or the west, but no, they can't do too much south because they'd be in the mid, which is where Hezbollah and Hamas wants them. The whole world goes, everybody just needs to take a break, because they know Israel's about to kick their ass. But just imagine. Just imagine the United States of America just got jacked and Japan brings us into into World War II. And so America's like, all right, well, hell, it's on now. And then the whole world goes, United States, y'all just need to take a break. Where would we be right now? I'd be speaking German. But for some reason, everybody wants to tell Israel, y'all need to hold back. And now it's a genocide. A lot of people say, well, it's it's not the fact that Israel was wrong or right, or that Hamas was wrong or right, we just need to take a break. Those people, they're ignorant to say, to put it politely in gentlemen's terms. And I will say they're abjectly full of shit, to put it in curt terms. I happened to be in Washington a couple weeks ago. I happened to be in Washington a couple times in the last month. And I was staying in a hotel near 14th and K Street, and there came about one of the beginnings of these Palestinian uprisings. That I, that's what I'm going to call it, because they are uprisers and they, they want to overturn us. Yes, they're not demonstrations. These are uprisings. I don't let other people define my terms and predicate the premise on which I talk. These are uprisings. They're little bitty uprisings. But uprisings, if you look at history, begin small in what people would call demonstrations. So there's this small demonstration. It wasn't small. I've got video of it. I guess there was probably about 100 people. It was in my hotel. Very nice part of Washington. About two blocks away from the White House. Look out the window and yeah, here it comes. A small uprising. And I happened at that point to have my wife and my 14-year-old daughter, and I was down there, and no one's going to get hurt, I don't think, but the risk is worth it. I want you, I was specifically talking to my 14-year-old, let's go downstairs, and I want you to be a part of history. So we walked down. The Washington police are the most, my goodness, these guys are, they're so hands-off, it's ridiculous. I cannot believe it. I mean, if you look at what happened in the White House yesterday, I, I have no idea how they restrained themselves. But there were cops on either side. It was on 14th Street. And it was on K at 14th. There were cops on either side. I introduced myself because I generally try to do that in Washington. Cool. And I said, this is my 14-year-old daughter. And I happened to have a hoodie on that had an American flag on the front of it. And I'm just walking around. There's people that are participating in the event. They had their bullhorns and what you see on TV. Yeah. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And I mean, they're chanting and they've got not just bullhorns, but speakers. And it's loud as hell. They've got the, the white and black checkered scarf and they cover their face with it. And we walk around. My daughter becomes uncomfortable. So I took her upstairs to the hotel and I told my wife, I said the same thing. You need to come down here with me to be a 
just to be a part of history and see this. There's no danger that I can discern. And there's police officers, but they're not doing anything crazy. Everybody's cool. But these folks just listen to what they say. I took my wife down. That lasted about 15 seconds. I escorted her back up to the hotel room. I came back down by myself. And because I'm Brad, Job, I walked around and I got my phone out. And there's other people videoing. But I was the only one with a, a flag on my shirt. And I have it on video. I'm just walking around and listening to this bilge, abject hatred, anti-Semitic garbage. But I'm old enough to not engage. 20 years ago, things may have been different. I'm just recording. And there's a lady, she has her Palestine flag, and her husband's there, and she just flips me off, just gives me the biggest bird. I've got it on video. There's a couple things there. Why did she flip me off? I know why she flipped me off. And it's very telling. It's very telling. It gives you more information than you would ever read three books. She flipped me off, not because I was recording. There was 15 other people recording. It's because I had an American flag on my shirt. She flipped me off because I had an American flag on my shirt. I don't have to guess. I don't need to wonder. No one needs to be curious. There's only one reason that woman flipped me off and she didn't flip anybody else off in the crowd. It's because I had an American flag on my shirt. So do not tell me. Nobody can tell me that these people do not hate this country. I have a very, very dear friend of mine. 15 years ago, I met this person. And I said, liberals hate us. These are liberals. There's no difference between liberals and Palestinians. Because they're liberal Americans that were out there in this crowd that weren't Arabic. They hate us because we're Americans. They hate our freedom. They hate our power because we're free, which gives us power. And I'll never forget that. The woman flipped me off just because I was wearing an American flag. This man came up to me with the intention of engaging me in conversation because he saw the American flag almost on an intellectual level. And I'm always up for disputation. Always, almost anytime. The man walked up to me because I just, all I did was have a hoodie on with American flag on it. That's why he walked up to me and said, why do you think we're doing this? Why do you think we're here? Why do you think, and every sentence he said, his voice got louder and more irritable. Why do you think we're here? What do you think this is? And I'm like, whoa. And I said, I know why you're here. I'm very well aware of why you're here. He said, why do you think this thing's going on? I said, I'm very well versed on what's going on. He said, will you explain it to me? Do you think you can explain it to me? And man, Brad Job of 46 years old kicked in. I never made eye contact with him. I said, I'm not here to converse. I'm here to observe. And he walked away. There's no way I could have had a conversation with this man. With every sentence he said, his voice got louder and more angry. And I had my family (laughs) literally across the street and four stories up. You know, I wasn't there to do that. It was really hard. It was very difficult. For somebody with my brain, I never even made eye contact with him. And I said, I'm I'm not here to converse. I'm here to observe. And he walked off. I don't think I would have been there if I had if I hadn't had the protection of the police officers, because I stayed about 15, 20 feet away from them. I was on the edge. I mean, I wasn't in the middle, but that's not necessarily true because I do have a video of where I, I walked around the back to where the uh speaker was just to get a cool video, but I was still within 30 feet of police officers. There was no violence, but what ensued in the last week and a half is a a lot different. So I was on the baby end of this thing of seeing it and you could feel it. I, I will say it's evil because they want every Jew to be marched 
into the Mediterranean. There's no doubt about it. And if you'll shut up and listen to them, they'll tell you it's exactly what they want. They're the genocidal assholes that they portray the United States and Israel to be. And Biden's got a problem. That's a whole other conversation. Joe Biden has got a massive political problem within his own party. He cannot deny at this point, and, and his advisors cannot keep from him the fact that if he keeps up his pro-Israel stance, he can't win the next election. It's impossible. Because the Democrat Party base consists of 5% of people that hate this damn country and hate Israel. And the Democrat Party is the party that damn near hates this country and hates Israel. Go to Minnesota. Try to win Minnesota without getting an Arab vote. Here's a crazy thing. Why in the hell is Minnesota so Democratic? Why did they get three congressional seats in the last, at least two, maybe three, in the last census? Because Obama, he imported Somalis and sent them to these districts to flip them. Where the hell do you think Rashida Tlaib came from? Ilhan Omar. These two congressional seats, these crazy-ass women, part of the squad, are a direct result. It's a great political move by Barack Obama, to send these Somalis to certain districts to flip them so there will forever be Muslim districts. That's a fact. That's not conjecture. Hey, ain't a bit of conjecture in that chat. He sent their ass there, sent the Somalis to those districts to flip those districts so they could get Muslim congressional members forever. And they've got them. And then now, unforeseen or not, I don't think he gave a damn. This thing happens in Israel. Now you got Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar going, yeah, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And if the people that are listening to us don't understand what that means, it means you're going to push, it's genocide. You're going to push the Israelis right into the Mediterranean. But Barack Obama single-handedly sent the Somalis that he imported, you'd call migrants. It's kind of interesting. They all, every damn one of them went to these congressional districts. He got two... He secured two congressional districts for Democrats that were that are Muslim. There ain't no way in hell. I wouldn't walk into the damn district. <laughs> no. So now that this has happened, it's come to the fore that, yeah, you got Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib. They are uh, unapologetically, without compunction, repeating death to Israel, basically, from the river to the sea. And they're not withdrawing those statements. They're not going to. And, and that is death to Israel. That is death to Israel. They hate the Jews. I can't stand them. And they prop up these student organizations. Did you really, Did you ever know how many Palestinian college students we had until now? Did you ever realize how many Palestinian adults that we had in the United States until now? Now, now they're all out in the streets. And it's like I told the cops in Washington at 14th and K. These people stand here and say this stuff. There's no way they'd be able to say half the crap they wanted to say if they were in any other country than this. Or they, you'd be beating them with batons. And the cops understood that. Here's the thing that everyone should know that's been out and open forever, but no one thinks about. These leftist college students on these leftist liberal college campuses, Ivy League, Poison Ivy League, is what I call it. You get a homosexual that's in these groups, or these leftists, they're all for Palestine. Send one of these folks to one of these Muslim-dominated countries and see how long it takes them for to be swinging from a tree or be burned at the stake or thrown off a building. But these, these American-born leftists that have joined these groups 
These leftist groups that are all pro-Palestine have absolutely no idea that the people they're standing against them would kill them if they had a half a second and nobody was looking. That's a fact. That's a fact. You go to Saudi Arabia and be like, hey, I'm transgender. I'm a homosexual and I like Palestine. Or are you going to prison the rest of your life? These people are in poison Ivy League colleges and have absolutely, they're too stupid to understand. They are too stupid to understand. When I was at the Supreme Court last week, I had the opportunity to hang out with about 25 political science majors from the American University. No one came forward to say that they were conservative or agreed with anything I said. But one of the things I did learn was at least they stuck together and they were the smartest, stupid people I've ever seen or talked to in my entire life. I enjoyed the disputation. I won every argument I got into. I held back because I wasn't trying to destroy them. It wasn't like I was in college because of, I'm not trying to win their hearts. But yeah, you can't win. You can't always win an argument and win the heart. Sometimes you win an argument and lose a heart. I wasn't trying to do that. I was just trying to get more information, get them to think than anything. And these people are way smarter than I am. I mean, intelligent as far as IQ goes. And I felt sorry for every damn one of them. There were a couple of them that I had a, I've got a sneaking suspicion that they're conservative. But they had to toe the line, man. They had to toe the liberal line or they weren't going to make it. And they knew damn well if they didn't toe the liberal line, I could tell it in their faces. A couple few of them. I've got to say this. I got to stay this. I got to do this, or I'm just going to shut up because if I don't toe the liberal line, I'm screwed. And that's what I think this American educational system is teaching our children from birth, from before birth. I mean, if they make it through birth, 400 out of every 100,000 black children don't make it. It's a sick ass statistic. But if one of these folks is, that think that they're probably conservative and if they want to stand up and say something, they can't do it. Or they'll be castigated. They'll be thrown away into the ash heap of American University. Well, I say, you know what? Go to University of Memphis. Go to State Tech. Go to Community College. See students rule the world anyway. And I did say that. That was that was kind of fun. And uh, we had fun with statistics on that. Got a Canada. He's definitely on our side. A guy named Ezra Levant from Rebel Media. I don't. He, he's amazing to listen to. And his demeanor is just very easy to follow. But his question he asked today was, as a American and having the freedom of speech, that's the one thing, if you have it, you also have to give it to your opponent or it doesn't work. And the question he asked with the idea of freedom of speech for Americans is, if you're here on a student visa or a work visa and you start running your mouth, should we deport you? And I say yes, 100%. You're not American. Get out of here, run in your mouth, because you don't have that right. You're not American. I've never thought about it that way, David. But just think about how many of these but, student uh, protesters well, I, I, aren't I, I, Americans. They might be I, here I, on right. or student visas. Oh, n- I see what you're saying now. Now I, you're, you're, I got you. I see what you're saying. Um, here's man. That's that you. You you just did a pretty damn good job of uh, messing with my head, brother. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this. Wow. No, uh-uh. I can't do it. I, I'm, I, I cannot. No, if, if, even if they don't understand the fact, if they don't understand the fact that, that they said what they said here and they went abroad and said it, they would be hung. I cannot 
Because that's the problem with liberalism. Right? The left, you can say everything you want to say unless it's what I don't want you to say, and then I will shut you down, kick you out, and, and but the point I'm saying prison is, you if I have to. I don't want to take away your right to free speech. Yeah, I'm just saying anybody, you don't have that right if you're not an American. I would just rather here's what I in in, in a utopia. What I would rather is teach these people how wonderful and how privileged they are to be able to say what the hell they have to say with me sitting there looking at them when I want to stab them in the face. But I can't because I'm, and I wouldn't because I'm, I'm a student of the Constitution and I would rather sell them and teach them and show them the public school system's corrupt. Immigration's corrupt. That's why we have the problem we have with these people being able to say what they want to say. And if you say what you want to say, I get flipped off. There you go. I didn't even say anything. They're at a protest. These people are at a protest saying what they want to say on K Street. That's where all the lobbyists are in Washington. And they get to sit there and say whatever they want, I assume for however long they want. They had speakers, they had megaphones, and they rallied and they yelled and they screamed and they bugged people in expensive hotels across the street. But they have a right to do that here. What they don't understand, here's one they don't understand. I don't know if they don't understand to hell with it. They don't understand. They don't comprehend there. That's a better word. They don't comprehend the fact that they're getting to say what they want to say with impunity, without going to jail, without anybody telling them to shut up. They don't understand. They have the right to say with impunity, whatever the hell they want to say. They're standing on American soil. If they do understand it and they comprehend it, they despise it because it's not it's not Muslim ground. They haven't taken this shit over yet. And I want that in this podcast. These people probably do understand that they are able to say what they want to say on American soil because of our Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and our founders with impunity. Whatever the hell they want to say, but they still despise the fact that they can say what they want to say because they despise the fact that I can say something against what they have to say and they can't imprison me or kill me for saying something against what they have to say. I have never said that better in my entire life. And that These was people, very well put. They understand it just like I'm sitting here right now with a, looking at Thomas Jefferson in my face in the Liberty Bell. They understand it just like I'm sitting here at my desk and I've got a computer in front of my face. They hate it. They hate freedom of speech. They, the only speech they like is a speech they want to. They wouldn't put up with anybody else's speech. And if they could, they'd kill me, slit me in half, cut me in 15 pieces and throw me to the sharks. These people don't appreciate freedom. They hate freedom. They despise freedom. They absolutely, completely despise the fact that I can walk out or I can say to this microphone right now that Muhammad was a pedophile. That's a fact. They would cut me in pieces and throw me to the sharks. But if they wanted to say Jesus Christ was, I don't know, blaspheming him wherever you want to. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I mean, he's my savior. If you want to walk down the street and say something about Jesus, okay, there you go. I mean, I don't have to agree with you. 
but you've got the right to say it. But if I walked down the street and said Muhammad was a pedophile, they hate that. That's what I'm saying. They do know. They do know they are in America and they can say whatever the hell they want to. Their goal is to take over America. Their goal is to keep us from saying what we want to say. Their goal, look at any campus. You try to get a a conservative to go on a campus. Anyone, name one. I mean, we can name 15 right now. You name two and I'll name two. I'll start. Ben Shapiro and Coulter. These people can't go to a, a college campus. They're conservatives. But these, quote, liberals, they're not liberal. They're leftists. They're commies. They're, they're commie bastards. But they understand the American system under the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment allows us to say what we want to say. And they hate that, David. They hate that audience. They absolutely hate the fact that we can say what we want to say. They enjoy the rights to be able to say what they want to say while they're here, but their goal is to change the system here so that I can't say what I want to say, only they can say what they want to say. And that's a fact. They hate freedom. They don't enjoy freedom. There's got to be a couple of different meanings of that. They enjoy the freedom to say what they want to say. They don't enjoy freedom. It's not a good feeling in their head that, hey, I've got freedom to say this. No, they enjoy it by using it, by taking advantage of it. But they don't enjoy it by saying that they they love the fact that it exists. Their enjoyment of our First Amendment freedoms of speech is just one. First Amendment has five freedoms, but freedom of speech is part of the First Amendment. They will use it to their advantage, and they are using it to their advantage to keep us from saying what we want to say. I don't think it's that hard to understand, but sometimes it can be to some people. They use it. But they hate it. They want to end it. Go to Gaza and be a homosexual and be like, hey, I'm gay. You can walk down the street to Bill Street and be like, Jesus was gay. I mean, be like, okay, whatever. You're a moron, but (laughs) you're an American. So he enjoys his free speech, and I enjoy the fact that he gets to say it. I can disagree with him. But when you get to Islam, these folks are after us, and they do it incrementally. It's a game theory. It's incrementalism. They take this piece and this piece and this piece, and they do it small bite by small bite by small bite. And then now, yesterday, they go to the White House. I was just there three days ago, and they're climbing the fences, and I didn't see a cop around. Yeah, it was pretty sad. No, you can't do that. I couldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. But these people, to my point, they get to crawl up the fences of the White House. And, in, and paint their hands red and slap the, the concrete post and saying that we have blood on our hands. <laughs> they enjoy freedom, but at the first chance they had, they'd take it away to make anybody that said anything that they had something to say against. They would destroy. That's a fact. Because people hate us. Their goal, their number one goal in life under their edict from the Quran, and I've read it, is to destroy us. People don't understand that. You've got these moronic Americans walking around, especially where you and I live. We're sort of well-to-do. And you see these people walking around in their stuff, and they drive their cool stuff. They have no idea that there is an element of society that is designated 
and has a life goal of destroying everything around him. They are in Collierville, Tennessee. They are in Nesbitt, Mississippi. They're in Wallace, Mississippi. They're in Jackson, Tennessee. They're in Memphis, Tennessee. They're everywhere. Their goal is the destruction of this country. And if that comes across to anybody as crazy or wow, then you just need to do a little bit more research and get away from your public school and and understand these people and ask them. Ask them. Go to somebody in a park. Go to a Muslim in a park and ask them, hey, would you like to see her America destroyed? If they don't lie to you, then they'll tell you, yeah, we would like to see. No, we don't want to see America destroyed, but we'd just like to take it over. Yeah, I mean, or if they say no, then say, well, do you not agree with the Quran? Oh, well, I do. So, so you do want to see every Christian in the country displaced and replaced by Muslims because it's exactly what you want to see in Israel. Is that correct? And they would have to say yes. And if they didn't, they'd be like, well, you're a disingenuous son of a bitch and you kiss my ass and go along with your lying ass self because it's exactly what they want. Ask any Muslim if they'd like to see a Jew in Jerusalem. If any devout Muslim, if you see someone walk out of a mosque, I have actually driven around a mosque. They're in what I would call Sunday school. Drive around a mosque or drive around a park and say, hey, don't be scared. Why the, Why are we scared of them? Why? 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 I want to know. I will tell you. If my daughter's listening, my oldest daughter, why the hell is she scared of people in the park? All these Muslims, they're coming there. I don't have a problem with Muslims as long as they respect the Constitution, Declaration of Independence. Why the hell they just destroy the whole damn park? They leave all their stuff all over the place. All I did was ride up with her. I was on my bike and I was like, are y'all going to clean this up? They said, no, the men will come by. Is it the men who come by? There ain't no men. I don't see any men. You left all this crap all over the place. If you ask any of these Muslims, ask them. I'll do it. I'm going to do it. And and if it takes my if I, if somebody kills me for it, I will do it. I'm going to do it. Go to a park and ask a group on about 15, 20 of them. So that way, I it doesn't look terrible. Would you like every Jew in Jerusalem to be gone? Would you like every Jew in Tel Aviv to be gone? Would you like Every Jew in Nazareth to be gone. Would you like to see zero Jews between the sea and the river? The river and the sea. If they tell you no, they're lying, but they won't. So here's what we're going to do. Let's do it. I ain't scared. Not because it is not to be explosive. It's not to be, it's not to ingratiate anyone. But the thing is, here's the question. Why is it so hard or difficult for someone who's an American and lives in Collierville, Tennessee, why is it against the rules to go and ask a group of Muslims if they would like to see every Jew in Israel marched into the sea? Why is that so wrong? Well, you can't do that. Why why can't I? Why can't I? Why can I not do that? Why can't I? If someone went, wants to go to First Baptist Church or call you, I will be there next Sunday. I was there this Sunday. I go to church. If a Muslim was walked up to me or my Sunday school class and be like, hey, would you like to uh, see every Muslim out of the United States of America? I would say, absolutely not. <laughs> Why would I want to do that? I mean, unless you're here to destroy me. Oh, we're, we're the, have you read the Constitution? <laughs> But if you, <laughs> I mean, for real, you know, I, I have no problem with that. No, 
we're cool. But if you walked up to somebody, prove me wrong. But that's the problem. If I try to get somebody to prove me wrong, then I'm the asshole. If I go to a mosque and walk in, first of all, there's going to be 15 people approach me because I've had that happen. Just once. Elena and I, just all we want to do is just circle around. And pff, it was like everybody came out of nowhere. And I was like, I don't mean any problem. I just, I'd like to go in there and hang out with you for a Sunday. But then we couldn't go in because I was scared. If you walked up to them and you said, I don't want to know. If you're honest with me, would you like to see every single Jew from the river to the sea marched into the ocean? And they said no. They could not. That's the thing. They could not. They could not say that. They could not say that because they would have to say that. They would have to say yes. We want to occupy territory. They have to go. Well, what the hell are you going to do with them? March them into the sea. Well, okay. Well, if not march them into the sea, then what? Just disperse them. Yes, disperse them. What are you going to go to? Jordan? Egypt? Saudi Arabia? Lebanon? All these other places don't want them. So well, then just march them into the sea. Okay. If you could drop a bomb on Israel and kill every Jew, and then you occupy that place, would you be cool with it? If they said no, they're lying to you. That's the thing. And people in America don't understand that. Kids don't understand that. Juveniles understand that. I mean, they just don't. Adults don't. They don't get the fact that these people are out for one thing, and it's destruction of anything that is not Islam. You read the Quran. It's there. If you ask me a question about the Bible, I'll answer you straight up. Ask a Muslim. If they don't lie to you, they'll tell you they want to, this, this, uh, this land is their land. From New York Harbor and the more idiots that we have in this country, they don't understand that. If they can't get it through their heads that these people want to destroy us, then they're just going to make more inroads, more inroads, more inroads. And they're just going to keep on expanding. And they're going to they're going to expand into the, the educational curriculum from elementary school to college to now we've, they've got a few in, in Congress. And then you can't make fun of them. Then you can't you can't say anything against them because that means you're anti-Islam. This is the first time. In a long time that I've ever seen, you can actually stand up and say, this is an actual illustration and history of a reversal, a slight reversal in the norm that we we can criticize somebody, or Rashida Tlaib or Ilhan Omar, because they're saying stuff, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar have been saying some crazy shit for like the last three or four years. This is the first time that you can actually see someone in the American media have a gut to stand up against because it's popular. Because there's a certain segment of society that's like, oh, we're for Israel and they're for Hamas and Palestinians and Muslims. And so there's like this us versus them. This is my question. Where was the whole uh, parade against Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib? Three years ago, there wasn't one because we respect freedom of speech. And now, and I'm so glad this failed. There was a uh, there was a resolution in the House to censure Rashida Tlaib. I will die for that woman to say what the hell she wants to say. I'm looking around my office right now. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I don't know how many flags I got around here. I got one on my arm, and I got we the people on my forearm. I got Tommy over here, Tommy over there, two flags and an inkwell over there. An inkwell leaked, so I, I would have had two inkwells. I'm like from the 1700s. I've got my Liberty Bell. I would die 
for Rashida Tlaib to say whatever the hell she wants to. I cannot believe, hey, this is going against my little conservative boys and girls in Congress. There was a resolution put forth to censure Rashida Tlaib for expressing favoritism for Hamas and saying on the Capitol steps, on which I stood two weeks ago, from the river to the sea. I can't believe there was one person in Congress. And if I find out that my congressman, David Kustoff, voted for that, I will find him and I will call him and I will have a conversation with him and ask him who the hell he thinks he is by saying Rashida Tlaib by voting for a censure for somebody to say something he disagreed with. As a matter of fact, I'm going to call my congressman tomorrow, David Kustoff. I am going to. He's in the Cannon Office Building. I was just there. Yeah, that's where the that guy pulled the fire alarm. I'm going to call David Kustoff's office tomorrow and ask him. I'll look it up before I call him. And I'm going to ask him. Did you vote for a censorship for Rashida Tlaib because she uh, voiced her uh, opinion for Hamas? If he did, I might run against him. As a matter of fact, if my congressman voted to censure Rashida Tlaib for voicing her opinion in favor of Hamas in the United States of America, exercising her right as an American under the First Amendment, yeah, the first clause of the First Amendment, I'll run against David Kustoff. My name will be on the ballot. You cannot do that. It's how serious I am about freedom of speech, man. You can say whatever the hell you want to in this country. You just can't be punished for it. You, you you can say whatever the hell you want to about anybody. Well, I can say can't, anything. You can't I can walk down the street and say Jesus Christ it was a homosexual. But it's not protected if you single out it a person. It is protected. If you single no, it out is a protected. person, it is not protected. It is protected. Political speech. If you single out a single person, you are not protected under freedom of speech. A single person. If I walk down the street saying I'm going to attack David Houston, no doubt, dude. Well, that's what I'm saying. So Rashida Tlaib saying the United States should is is genocidal against the Israelis. Well, she's got. The- I disagree with her. She's a moron, but she gets there. She has the right to say it. Right. No, I can't walk down the street saying I'm going to kill David Houston. That's that. That's no. You can't do that. You go to jail for that crap. Right. It's not protected speech. I know. I, I mean, the Supreme Court's ruled on all kinds of this stuff. No, I can't do that. But no, I'm not talking about Rashida Tlaib herself. Her person saying something i'm saying what she said was i'm talking about the exactly. rubric under which she spoke yes yeah the rubric under which she spoke a matter of fact it goes under two clauses one is is religion and the other is speech that woman can say whatever she wants to say especially if it involves political speech and religion then she just she just covered two of the freedoms rights under the first amendment i march with her but i want her to march with me when i say muhammad was a, a pedophile because he was he was a pedophile. He screwed a eleven-year-old. Pedophilia, as far as I'm concerned, but I can say that exactly. And so, and 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 she can say what she wants to say. And I would, but the difference is here's the difference. She would shut me down if I said Muhammad was a pedophile. If she wants to say Jesus Christ was, I don't care. Come up with the most vile thing you can. I don't say what you want to say. <laughs> I'm not going to try. I'm like, if you owned a store, I probably wouldn't go there. You know, I'm going to see Jesus Christ face to face one day. Somebody can walk down the street and say whatever they want to about Jesus Christ. And I, it ain't going to bother me. I'm just going to laugh at him and keep going. But if you if you do that with Rashida Tlaib, she would love to, and Muhammad or Allah, she would, she would think it would be a law to shoot you in the face, cut your throat and bleed in the street. 
That's a fact. It's very one-sided when it comes to the left side. That's why you have to teach freedom. Exactly. And you have to teach freedom. You got and you got to teach Tommy. I'm looking at Tommy. It goes back to the guy that I didn't know was a Colorado State senator. And I said, and I didn't know he was a Christian, like a hardcore Christian. Like, I mean, he's a Christian. I don't know what the difference between a Christian and a hardcore Christian is. But when I said, he's not God, and we're looking at Tommy, and he knew exactly what I meant. He connected with me. Thomas Jefferson is not God. I don't adore him. I don't hold him up in that sort of adulation, but he was used by God. I don't know why I love this country so much. I do know why. I can tell you very pithily why I love this country, because I was congenitally made to dislike authority. If you look at Tommy and Benny, Hamlet, Madison, God, Madison. They all had different attributes that God gave them, but none of them lacked authority. Have you read the Declaration of Independence? They saw these folks marching in the street. They had redcoats standing in in Massachusetts and Boston. They're standing there and there and there. They're lined up down the streets. You couldn't say shit. Man, if you walk down the streets in Boston in uh, 1759 and said, fuck King George, you know what happened to you? You wouldn't breathe again. All these folks had a a congenital disinclination for authority. Those are called C students. And they got fed up with it. They said, fuck this. I don't know why the Lord, he made me this way. I don't, he, he did. It's, this is all because of Jesus and, and God. And he made this place. I mean, it, you look at a leaf on a tree and... Tell me there wasn't a God. Well, if there was a God, there is a God, because that leaf wouldn't be there, because ex nihil nihil fit, nothing comes from nothing. So something had to make that, because it didn't come from nothing. So therefore, that person made me, and he made that leaf, and he made me. So does he want me to be free, or does he want me to be enslaved? Well, I think he wants me to be free, but he's given me boundaries. And it's right there, and he gave me a book. Here's my boundaries. I can't screw 15 women while I'm married. I can't do this and I can't do that. Here's your boundaries, but you're free. And then now it's up to you to work this out. And then I think we worked it out with the United States of America. I think it's the greatest invention of mankind. God made, he made man. Man invented the United States of America. I think we have a natural yearning for freedom. I do. I do. I absolutely do. I don't think I'd have made it out of the womb if I was in a non-free country. I, I don't if I would have. I don't I think I'd have made it at three years old and they didn't like, oh, we gotta something happened to him. I don't know. Nada smothered me. It's called a C student and it's called Thomas Jefferson, Madison, Hamilton. They did well, but they came from wealth. They they were smart sons of bitches. I ain't gonna lie. I know Tommy was a C student. We just got to keep this thing going. If not, then we're screwed and we're not getting any younger. I don't know what to do. I mean, I don't, I, I just want to go fishing. Uh, and it, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do. But I can tell you, I see these cocksuckers and I love, and yeah, you go to Washington, you see motherfuckers in the streets chanting shit and the cops sitting there letting them do it, which is fine because it's constitutional. 
But you know damn well, if these motherfuckers had their, if they had their way, they would be the only ones being able to say something. What that chick flip? Hell, this is proof. If I ever needed proof positive of anything in my entire life, if I ever had a question about anything, if I ever thought maybe these Muslim folks, these Palestinians, maybe they don't hate Israel, maybe they love America, but they're just kind of irritated. Why? Am I the only one that got flipped off, and I have video of it, in the whole crowd, because I had an American flag on my shirt? Nobody asked me a question. They didn't ask me my opinions. Just turned around and flipped me off, because I had an American flag on my shirt. If that doesn't prove that these people hate this country and everything it stands for, because if you hate my flag, if you, if you, <laughs> I will never drive a vehicle without a flag on it. I'm a flag-waving son of a bitch. If you hate my flag, then you hate everything it stands for, and you hate me. And there's a reason for that. Then you have to ask yourself, why do these people hate the flag? What are the, why did this woman turn around and flip me off? The only reason, because I had a flag on my shirt, this woman flipped me off. And I have a video of it. If these people don't hate this country, they do. Since they do. Now, that's the next question. What do you do with that information? Do you deny it? Do you deny it? Do you deny the fact these people hate you and hate your country? All I did was I was just there with a flag on my shirt. Did nothing. I have a video to prove it. People turn around and flip me off because they hate me. They hate my flag. They hate my country. They hate everything that flag stands for. If they could destroy the Capitol building with a snap of their fingers, it would be to the ground. It would be rubble. They hate this country. They hate freedom. They hate the flag. And they hate me. And they hate every other patriot. And that's it. That's all I got. That's the damn truth, motherfucker. I've had so many people in my life tell me, you're crazy. They don't hate you. No, my wife told me when I first met her. I said, no, these fucking people hate us, man. They fucking hate us. They don't hate us. They don't hate you. They don't hate America. You're fucking crazy. You just don't know. They do hate us. They fucking hate us. Oh, my God. They don't hate us. I don't know Democrats hate Well, motherfucker, I don't know what else I can do to prove to you that these sons of bitches fucking hate us. Well, I, I, I mean, if there's nothing else, all I did was walk out. I just had a hoodie on. It was just a hoodie with a flag on it. And not like a flag flapping. It was just a flag on my shirt. And, and the bitch turned in and flipped me off. I was like, well, shit, maybe I was on your side. <laughs> you don't know. Maybe I like America and I'm for Palace. But I didn't say that because I didn't get involved with it. No, the bitch just turned and flipped me off. You know why? Because she hates this fucking country. She hates America. She absolutely hates America. She hates me. She hates you. She hates your kids. She hates your schools. They want to infiltrate your schools. They want to infiltrate everything that has to do with anything. And they metastasize. This is like cancer. And once they get in... They grow and grow and grow. And then they get into their little white kids and black kids and American kids' brains. And they just grow and grow and grow. And then you can't even turn around. If you're a smart kid and you go to an American university and you can't say I'm a conservative because you can't go against the grain. And so it keeps going and going and going until you know what? There is no more America. And you're fucked. Well, I think we should leave everyone with this little note. And that is a few years ago, I'm going to say about 10, maybe 8. I heard a formula. I can't remember the exact numbers, but the formula was, what is the percentage of Muslims in your neighborhood if you don't know? And the formula outcome was 
Well, when the Muslim population reaches X amount, you'll start to see vendors in your area selling halal meat. Just look around and see if you can buy halal meat in your local market, your local town, your local city, because then the percentage is high enough for the Muslim population to justify a halal butcher shop. And then that'll tell you the population density of the Muslims in your area. Because either either they're going to lie to your face and tell you that they're cool, or they are a radical Muslim and they follow the Quran and they want everybody that doesn't submit to Allah dead. If somebody asked me, is a Christian, say, are you a Christian? I would say yes. And they ask me a question, I will answer them honest. Why do I feel trepidation and going to a Muslim in my town and asking them a question to ask them honestly? Which would be, do you think you ought to be running to the to the Mediterranean? And you get in trouble and like, and they, oh, let's try it. No, I, seriously, I, I don't, I don't mean, I, I'm sure it's been done. I'm sure you can go to YouTube and find 15 of them. But I don't know if it's ever been done in our area. Why is there trepidation? Why? Why? why that, that, that worries the hell out of me. Why the hell can't I go up to somebody in a park and ask them, would you like to see... If somebody walked up to me in a park and said, hey, what's your name? I'm Brad. Nice to meet you. Hey, I'm Brad Joe. What's up? Here you go. Here's my car. Hey, would you like to see uh, Juice March into the sea? I would say no. And with this, if they said, would you like to see every Muslim out of the United States of America? I would say absolutely not. Would you like to see every Muslim out of this park? I would say absolutely not. But if, but if I go to a Muslim, why am I scared to say, hey, would you like to see uh, every Jew in Carville, uh shot in the face? They would have to say yes. I mean, or they're lying. If they didn't say yes. Now, here's the thing. Because I, let's, go to, let's go to a mosque. David, let's go. Let, I dare you. Me and you. Next Sunday. I bet you a thousand dollars. You know why? Because you're scared. Why the hell are you scared? Why are you scared? If you're not scared, let's you and me go to the damn mosque. That's a, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to the mosque. Uh, there's that road that goes towards the, the mall. It goes west off of Bahelia. No, let's go. Let's walk up in there. Let's just walk up. Can we do it? Why? You know why? Because you're scared. You know why? Because you've got a right. You've got a reason to be scared. That's the answer. That's the answer. That's the answer. That's the answer. You would be a dumbass not to have some sort of trepidation to go up in there. But why? They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have any reason to be scared to walk up in my church. They come in my school, Sunday school room. I tell them about Jesus. I guarantee you, you won't walk up in that mosque with me next Sunday. I'll do it. If you want to pinky square right now, I'll go with you. But, hey, why not? And it takes some videos. And it take a camera. If a Muslim want to walk up and start call your First Baptist Church, we got security. Ain't nobody gonna shoot up the place because because there's there's a reason to be. That's why the Lord put it is because we know what we're to, we're going up against. You ain't finna walk up into a mosque on Sunday. You ain't finna do it. It ain't gonna happen. Because you know why? You aren't welcome. You're not welcome. They don't want you there. They want you destroyed. If a Muslim walked up in a curve of First Baptist Church, you know the first thing that happened, they'd probably get a free cup of coffee, they get the best seat in the house, and they get a Sunday school class, and they get somebody telling them about the Bible. Go in the Muslim. Let's, let's sit. Let's try it. We ought to do it. We ought to sit in there. We ought to do it. We ought to pretend like we're Muslims. We put the little thing on our head, walk up, blah, 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 and then go up in the uh, curve of First Baptist Church and see how well we get treated. There might be somebody going, making sure we ain't finna shoot somebody. <laughs> 
But they, the first thing they'd want to do is share the gospel with us, Jesus Christ. But you walk up in a Muslim, I don't know, I, I can't say it. You know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I think maybe we ought to walk up into a mosque next Sunday and be like, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, we're Christians. We just want to see how y'all work. We ain't got nothing wrong with you. We're all sons of Abraham. Y'all got the wrong son, but <laughs> we wouldn't be jerks. It's like, y'all, y'all like Isaac That's right. or Ishmael. Yeah, we like Isaac. Y'all like Ishmael. Uh, we just want to come in here and worship with y'all. Man, I could be wrong. I bet you a thousand dollars. I bet you, 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 you want me, you don't want me to say it. I guarantee you, we ought to do it Sunday. We ought to walk up and down. That, that's that mosque right there. It's right there between uh, Bahia and, and the, uh, the carriage cross. Dude, we ought to do that shit, man. Just walk off in there. What are they going to do? Kick us out? They ain't going to shoot us in the face. They ain't going to shoot us in the face. I don't think they're going to shoot us in the face. I can't get shot in the face. I got a man. You there? I'm here. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go tell Kaylin that we're going to go to mosque Sunday. <laughs> All right. No, for real. I mean, no, I'm, I'm half kidding, but I'm half not kidding. What if we get? What if we want?